everyone. This is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I introduce my guest, I'll remind you to check out the Crime Cafe box set and anthology on my website. Just go to debbiemack.com and click on the Crime Cafe link. And you can find the uh, buy buttons for um, both books and download them there. They're sold at a very reasonable price. And you can also find the podcast subscription buttons there and the Crime Cafe merchandise. So check it out. And now it's my great pleasure to bring on translator and crime fiction publisher from France, living in France at any rate, Anne Traeger. Hi, Anne. It's so great Hi, to Debbie. have you on. Thanks for being here. I am thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I am very happy to have you. Uh, let's talk about Le French Book. Le French Book? Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Le French Book. Uh, tell us about how you went from translating for others to founding a publishing company. Well, so um, it, it happened in, in 2012. I was working, I had been living in France for a really, really long time. I moved over here in, in, in 1985 just because I was obsessed with France. And so, you know, I ended up in France and, uh, and then I just stayed. And, um, and I worked as a translator for a really long time. I worked in publishing in France. I worked in international communications for you know, international companies here, well, in Paris at the time when I was living in Paris. And one morning I just woke up and, and I said, you know, I've got to do something here. I am reading these fantastic French writers in French. I love mysteries and thrillers and they just weren't being translated into, into English. Now some were, but very, very few. I mean, at the time there were only like 3% of the books published in the United States were translations and that's all languages together. So imagine the tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of French books that were actually getting into English. This is still the case actually. I mean, we can only do so much, but we do what we can, right? And, and it was really frustrating because I'd read these authors and I couldn't talk to them to my friends and I couldn't share them with the people I wanted to share them with, you know? And I said, well, you know, actually I can do this. I have a foot in the U.S. because I'm American and that's where I grew up and that's my culture and and I have a foot in France because that's where I'm living and and uh, and I speak French and I translate and I know about publishing. <laughs> so there you go. That's how we started Le French Book. That's fantastic. And um, how many titles do you publish a year? Well, it, it's really variable. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I wish we could do more. Uh, so mm -hmm. far, we've, we've published about 30 titles, um, and it goes up and downs, and we've had years where we've published, published, you know, more, and years when we've published fewer, you know, depending on any number of factors, including the fact that translation takes a really long time, and, you know, you need to spend time translating the books, so... Yes. Um, I was going to ask what, who your favorite uh, crime fiction authors, French or otherwise, are. 
Oh, you know, uh, that's a really, really hard question. Um, uh, I mean, we have uh, published 30 titles. That's not 30 different authors because we have some series, but I have a bunch of authors and in our, you know, we publish a bunch of different authors and um, and I'm very involved in each one of those books. And you really, really have to love a book to want to translate it because it, it requires actually getting into um, an author's, into an author's head, you know, understanding what's this, who they are, where they're coming from, what they're trying to get across, getting into the story, uh, uh, trying to, and building a bridge between that story and that author and a new bunch of readers who come from a different culture and who come from a different point of view. And so you're trying to make that bridge because culture really has a, plays a really big role in anybody's writing, okay? So, so it's a really, really fascinating process. And so I can't, when you, when you get so involved in a book and with an author, and because I work with the authors, I, I really, really like to work with contemporary authors. I don't work with dead authors. I work with authors who are alive um, because I like to work with them. I like that relationship and understanding who they are uh, in order to translate their work. And I, so I can't pick a favorite. I mean, how do you pick a favorite? <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, from that point of view, from the point of view of a translator, I just, I, I don't, I couldn't even tell you, you know, I mean, I do have um, my authors uh, that, you know, the people I like to read, I love reading Re Lee Child, I love reading Michael Connolly, I mean, it's my US authors. For mm -hmm. me, when, it, when I read a, uh, uh, an author who writes originally in, in, in English, then I can say that kind of thing, but I can't, look at my collection of, of authors whom we translate and say, oh, well, which one is my favorite? I just don't no, know no. how to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't ask you to, really. I'm thinking more of, say, uh, classic authors in, in the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, in French, the big classic that everybody talks about and that, uh, uh, that people um, in, in the U.S. know is Simonon. Um, and he wrote a whole bunch of uh, uh, of crime fiction novels that are sent, set in the very famous um, police headquarters in the center of Paris at uh, an address which is 36 Quai des Orfèvres, okay? And that is, it's like the French Scotland Yard, okay? And so his books were set there and um, and he had, and with his uh, very famous um, uh, um, detective called Maigret, and uh, now, so yeah, Maigret, people have heard about Maigret, and uh, so he's very well known, and it's very funny, they brought out a recently, um, I, don't, I don't know which major publisher republished them again, and I, and, and I remember reading a few of them in the original French and thinking, wow, these, these are very dated, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, they still work, you know, and they still yes. work. And, um, and so we have, you know, for example, we have a contemporary author, her name is Frédéric Mollet, it's a woman, um, and she, uh, she sets her books in the same building with the same uh, police chief, you know, that's, it's a commissaire in French, it's a police chief, and who's got that same position, and, 
And so it's really interesting because it's very modern. And what I'm finding so fascinating in that series, it's the Paris Homicide series, okay? And we've brought out three books in the series, Amazon Crossing then picked up the series and they brought out the next one and the, uh, Frederick is currently working on the next one and so on. So anyway, um, is that that famous building, the Scotland Yard of France, okay, um, is moving. I mean, actually, they moved this year. They moved from right, it was right across uh, on the same island as Notre Dame, the big cathedral, right in the very center of Paris. That's where the traditional building is. And, and they moved the police headquarters to modern buildings so that they actually could have something a little bit more modern, which for a city like Paris is understandable. And it's in an entirely different uh, neighborhood now. And so I'm very excited to see, it's not in the next book, it will be in the following book from Frédéric, to see that change, you know, happen to the characters, you know, because there's this whole history that goes back, you know, to, the, to, to Simenon, to Maigret, and, and all hmm. of that. So you see this continuity in, uh, in the author's writing. I love that kind of thing. When you get a sense of place in the books, Yes, yes. Well, and, and that's what's so fascinating about these books is because all of the French writers, you know, it, it, we choose books that are usually set in France, okay, because obviously we're speaking, we're catering to an international audience. And so one of the appeals is that they're set in France, okay. Um, and uh, it, it's very interesting because for all of the authors, well, France is home, okay. So they're mm -hmm. going to bring to light different aspects of France. And so, uh, you know, when, when they choose the Eiffel Tower, we've got one thriller um, by um, Eric um, um, Giacometti and Jacques Raven, and they're, they're Freemason thrillers, okay? And we've got one with this, with begins with the body hanging from the Eiffel Tower. I mean, of course, you know. <laughs> but when they write it, the Eiffel Tower has such a different I don't know, it's, it's so much, it's part of their everyday life. I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's not like a tourist attraction, okay? I understand. I, uh, I grew up in New York City and so, um, yeah. I live now near Washington, D.C. So <laughs> right, right. the idea not, of tourist attractions as everyday things is something that resonates with me. I was going to ask you something else that just slipped my mind. Whoops. So, oh, about cultural differences in, in writing. Do you ever run into a situation where you have a particularly difficult time translating something that somebody is saying in French to English? You know, it happens all the time in a translation um, uh, that you, you really have to work on um, on finding an adaptation to something. Now it can be a reference, a cultural reference. For example, in one of our winemaker detective novels, um, it took place in, uh, in the Cognac region, okay? In a town where uh, the, a very famous French president, Francois Mitterrand, who was president for, I don't know, 14 years or something like that, um, uh, where he lived and died, okay? And so, uh, when in the dialogues, all the dialogues that took place in this little town would make reference to this, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them would make reference to different aspects of 
François Mitterrand, who was such a very famous French president who did so much for France, right? And so when you come across that, as a translator, you have to say, okay, how much of this is really pertinent to the, stories, to the story um, for a reader who is not going to pick up on it? So how much of it is pertinent? How much do you have to explain? Because some of it you need to explain because otherwise they're not going to get in the story. And then some of it, well, you just drop it. You know, you just have to say, okay, this is not going to make it across the, the, the ocean. It's just not going to work, you know? So you're making those kinds of decisions all the time you know and uh and that's part of what's fascinating about it because um a, a translation it's not just word for word it's really taking the story and saying okay how can i make this accessible to another reader who comes from a totally totally different place that's very interesting it reminds me just a little bit of what it's like to adapt a novel into a screenplay there are exactly you know, that don't translate well to film, so to speak. So, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And, and, and it's, it's interesting. I find that some of my writers, uh, you know, the, uh, the Winemaker Detective series, for example, has been made into a, in a, into a TV series in France, which is actually available in, 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 on Amazon, I think, with subtitles. And um, it's... Um, uh, the, so the authors are very aware of what it means to adapt, you know, because they're involved in this, in the adaptation to, to the TV series. And so when we work together on saying, okay, so what are we going to do? You know, this is, here we are, here's the audience, you know, I pick up things and then I, you know, we make suggestions and we have back and forth and they really understand the process. Mm -hmm. you know? It's a collaborative so it, it, effort. Yeah, it's a collaborative effort. And the English language books are actually quite different than the French books. Hmm. Um, so, and, and then you have a different kind of progression for the characters in the English books. I mean, it's really fascinating. It takes on a life of its own. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've given me a new appreciation for translation. Uh, not that I don't think that's an amazing talent anyway, but... Um, I was going to ask you about, uh, you have a, your books run the gamut from cozies to hard boiled, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Exactly. And your latest book uh, release is Minced, Marinated, and Murdered? Exactly. I believe it was. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about some of your uh, most recent releases to get people a sense of what's out there that they can be looking for. Well, exactly. Well, so, um, First of all, I'd like to go back to that idea, if you don't mind, of this mm -hmm. of uh, of all of the different kinds of crime fiction that that we translate, and this is a real choice on our part because what we found is that um, the very few French books that were get, titles that were get coming into English were were of a very similar kind, and that people actually had in mind that French writing is kind of intellectual and, you know, oh, it's that it's French, you know? And I said to myself, you know, that's so unfair actually, because there's so many different kinds of writers and every kind of writer is going to come from their own point of view, their own culture, but also have their own story to tell, you know? And, and it, they, and they do have all these different 
uh, genres in France too. So it's a real choice, okay? Um, and you know, when you say cozy, for example, I have to actually say they're French cozies because, well, the winemaker detective stories, they take place in French vineyards and they're very wine oriented and they're very uh, gourmet, Epicurean, French. <laughs> I don't know. There's only one way to say they're very French, okay? And uh, and and that's part of the what's appealing about them. And so that was by Jean-Pierre Allot and Noël Ballin. They're the two authors. And Noël, who had written after writing 25 books in the winemaker series, which he continues to write, he said, you know, I'm going to leave the vineyards and I'm going to go into the kitchen. Okay. And so he started up another series, which he's writing with somebody else with his wife, uh, Vanessa Bajo. And this takes place in French restaurants, in gourmet restaurants in throughout France. And there are a lot of gourmet restaurants in France. So you were going to be getting to go to all the kinds of different regions and learning about the regional food and with some murders thrown in. Um, and so the first one, Minced, Marinated, and Murdered, takes place in Lyon. Lyon is um, two hours away from uh, Paris by the bullet train. Um, and it is uh, one of the historic food capitals of France. It's where Paul Bocuse uh, has, has his restaurant, or had his restaurant. Um, and and he, uh, I mean, it's where he comes from, and it's, there's this whole rich tradition of food uh, that comes from this from from that town and that whole region. And so they chose to set the first book there, and um, and of course there's there's murder, <laughs> obviously from the title. Um, there actually more than one murder. Okay, not to give too much away. <laughs> um, and lots of food and wine and Epicurean delight. And, you know, you could almost use it. What I really like about what they do is, is that you actually could use it as a travel guide. Like you can go to Lyon with his book in hand and you can go to all the restaurants, except the restaurants where the murders take place because those are ones they make up, right? <laughs> and if you have any, uh, any sort of not very uh, like criminal like uh, restaurant owners well those are not real either they're made up okay <laughs> but the restaurants where they get to have nice food and they chit and chat and about whatever you know who did this and who did and are looking for clues or whatever those tend to be real so you can actually use them use it as a travel guide so it's kind of fun it's armchair travel that is really cool uh, speaking of traveling in France, uh, would you, what would you advise a tourist who is visiting France to do in terms of dress? Uh, does it matter if you don't speak French, that sort of thing? I know some people get <laughs> um, nervous about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. So, <laughs> um, well, so what I think people should keep in mind is that... Um, the French really, really do like English speakers. They love English speakers and they might not show it in the same way, in a way that we are familiar with, but they do love English speakers and they love Americans. So, uh, and particularly in the larger cities, 
like Paris or Lyon or Bordeaux or whatever. And you don't have to, uh, I mean, really, you just keep that in mind. Um, and, um, and they actually, a lot of French people love to speak English. So, so if you speak English, sometimes, you know, they, 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 they'll actually like to practice their English. So you don't really need to worry about that. Um, uh, the things, the things that do shock French people is like ordering Coca-Cola with a fine meal, you know, they, they just don't understand it. Although they drink a lot of Coca-Cola. Okay. They're not going to order it with a meal, with a fine meal in a restaurant. Okay. And, and it's something that deep down, they, they just don't understand. You know, they, you drink wine with your meal and, and that's what you do, you know? So, so, you know, those kinds of things you, you might get some kind of reaction to. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe, you know, so, Possibly. Uh, so that, possibly you know yeah. um and, and and because it's a deeply ingrained cultural thing i mean uh, you have to understand that for the french eating is a is a social event okay so you sit down with people and you spend time having uh you know enjoying the food and you can spend you know 3 hours around a dinner table and at the end of the meal, the French will still be talking about food. They'll be talking about, oh, and then, you know, my, uh, 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 you know, my, my neighbor, she found this guy who's got this great food and, you know, the, this great pate uh, that he makes uh, on it, whatever. And, and that after three hours of sitting around and eating. You know, so another series of books, I could just go on and on and on. You're going to have to stop me, but another series of books by David Cara, and that's an entirely different style. And they're, you know, action film, action film kind of movies with uh, um, that call back, they, they have a whole connection to World War II. Um, and uh, I, I really actually invite readers who are interested in that time period to go to our website and to look up the stuff, uh, the, some of the blog posts that David Carr has written about his inspiration, um, uh, about people, how he, he, he was inspired by people who survived the death camps in order to, to really understand and, and create the characters in his books and the story that came out of that. Hmm. Um, and, and that turned into really entertaining, uh, you know, high octane thriller. Uh, but that has a very, very deep meaning for the author. I mean, I, I really encourage readers to go and, uh, and explore that a little bit more because he's just a fascinating author. And there are three books in that series. Um, so you see, we've really been able to a lot of different kinds of books and with a lot of different kinds of authors. It's, it's really very interesting. I mean, people can find out more at, on our website, which is lefrenchbook.com. So L-E frenchbook.com. Cool. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> um, um, I don't know. <laughs> we can just finish up then. <laughs> we can just finish up. No, I mean, I just, I, I, I suppose all I can say is that I hope that 
we do manage um, to, you know, keep bringing more books, books out to readers and that readers find something in, in this. And I invite the readers to, you know, to share their experience reading these books with us um, on our Facebook or however they, uh, they, they like to share that because we're really, really interested in knowing how this resonates with, with the readers. You know, what, what we're doing resonates with the readers and how they're, uh, what they're getting out of it, you know? There you so that's go. why we do it, so. There you go. And don't forget to post reviews because oh. speaking on behalf of all authors, <laughs> oh yes, we love Please. reviews. Yes, yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> right, no problem. <laughs> and thank you for being here today, Anne. It was great talking to you. And um, for everybody else, um, this is our second to the last podcast of the season, and I'm going to have David Swinson next time. And uh, in the meantime. I hope you'll check out the um, the French book and Viva la France. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you so for much. bringing French culture to the English speaking world, especially the crime part of it, because I just love <laughs> crime fiction of all sorts. And um, go to the Crime Cafe link on my website, debbiemack.com. Check out the Crime Cafe publications. And in the meantime, till next time, Happy reading.